Hello, friends. It's time to drop the needle on another episode and another year of Super Sonic Chat. This is the music podcast full of debate, jousts, thought experiments, all done in the name of entertainment. My name is Adrian Warhope. And my name's Leon Leroux. Adrian, as the keeper of the questions and the crafter of the conundrums for this freshest, crispiest, juicy chat of 2023 where we talk about all the sonicest ideas, what cracked, dry, old concepts have you plucked from the shelf of your mind and blown off the dust, ready for the magnifying glass of our conversation to explore every facet today, my good sir? Sonicist. I love it. Yeah. This is like of all the podcasts, this is the Sonicist. I love it. Yeah. And I'll tell you I'm what you picked up on the, that. The, the old brain cage is dry and dusty after a wonderful summer break. Oh uh, yeah. I hope all our listeners had a wonderful summer break. Uh if you are in the northern hemisphere, you would have had a winter break. Sucked in. Summer's much better than <laughs> the southern hemisphere. Um it does mean Christmas is hot and beachy and and oh, prawns yeah. and Relaxing and pools oh, so and good. surfing. Awesome. Anyway, Leon, go with me on this sonicest of all episodes. Because <laughs> I saw a news, a prime time news uh story yeah. that cassette tapes are back. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Cassette right? once, tapes once are vinyl back. came back, it's kind of like, well, it's only a matter of time before cassettes, right? Same with cassette, movie cassettes too. I bet they're coming back at some point. Oh, VHS. Look, yeah. this is not, listen, listeners, this is not a chat on the battle of formats or anything no. like that. But this is going to be a chat on the power of nostalgia because I really think that what is driving, because cassette tapes, it's they're rubbish, right? We lived through that yeah. era of, well, that's of the- <laughs> twisted, broken, melted, <laughs> horrible, stretched. Like, and we we talked about vinyl and how it's a pain in the butt to use. Cassettes are way more of a pain in the butt to use. Like with vinyl, you can flip it over and you and you're there, or you can just bring the needle back. A cassette tape, you got to rewind it, and that thing oh. takes minutes to rewind. And oh. plus, the sound quality degrades over time, like big time. Plus, yes, like you said, gets tangled. It's a pain to use. Oh, man. And that was- one part of the song will forever be stretched, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, the, or, the, or the, uh, the, the little belt in your Walkman starts to get a little old and then so suddenly your music starts to go. <laughs> <laughs> it tapes were but, rubbish, man. But as long as you had the Sony Walkman with the mega bass boost like I did, I did you, you were yeah. sweet. It, it yeah, was great. But again, see how quickly we just launched back into nostalgia. I'm like, oh, remember I had the yeah, Walkman, yeah, yeah. The Mega Bass. Uh, yeah. It's the power of nostalgia, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to chat about nostalgia. Mm. So nostalgia, it's the sentimental or wistful affection for a period in the past, right? Yeah. And it's powerful. Um, why? Why is it so powerful? What, well, what's, you know what is what? it? I, nostalgia actually is something that I actually try and push against. Mm. And I think this is for several reasons. I think the first is that I'm, I've got a fear of being stuck in the past, you know, like, mm-hmm. like some people who se- sort of seem to live their whole lives in memories. And I reckon memories are important and it's worth preserving. You know, don't just go, Oh, it's the past is done. Forget it. But I think a longing for a longing for that memory can cause you to ignore the present a bit too much. 
Oh, and, absolutely. You know, and I, and I don't, also don't want to be one of those cranky old dudes who are like, ah, there's no good music out there anymore. They don't mute, make any music like they used to. You know, all the new bands are terrible. I don't want to be one of those guys. And so I think... I think you call I, this music? It's just <laughs> yeah. noise, white noise rubbish. Exactly, yep. exactly. Man shouts at Sky. Yep. And then the second reason I rail against nostalgia is that I, I seem to... Oh, I crave new, interesting and exotic things. Yep. Like... For example, when I go to a restaurant, if there's something on the menu that I haven't tried before, I have to have it. Mm. Like when I was at my wedding, which was a small affair, and we went out to a restaurant afterwards, there was fish brains on the menu. And so I went, <laughs> well, fish brains entree on the wedding night it is. <laughs> and music's Wonderful. the same for me. Music's the same. I love new experiences and, and unfamiliar sounds. Yeah. So and, I do and- push against it. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100% that nostalgia makes it harder to experience the present. And all we have is yeah. this present moment. Like yeah. we live it, we've got to live in the present and be present. And nostalgia can keep you, I, I read online, it described as a Mobius loop, you know, that just keeps yes. twisting back on itself infinitely yes. where, you know, the nostalgic feeling makes you seek out certain experiences that mm-hmm. then give you a nostalgic feeling and you're around mm-hmm. that, that, that loop-de-loop, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you get stuck yeah. a bit. Yeah, you can get really stuck. And, hey, we've all seen, experienced, talked to people who are stuck in an era. They hit 17, decided that mm. haircut, that music, that fashion <laughs> yeah. style was the best. And that's yes. it. They're, they're, that's they're true. Lodged there. You know, I guess, but I guess nostalgia, I feel the the, the pull. I feel the oh, yeah. the joy. I feel oh, yeah. the, the fun. Um, Look, I, I'm yeah. not saying that the nostalgia is a bad thing, but I do try and push against it. But at the yeah. same time, I do enjoy it too. But like, there's one little thing that actually stuck in my mind from last year, something that Steve Hunt said when we interviewed him about his oh, yeah. Vera app for, you know, people, which helps people with dementia. Yes. He mentioned that listening to music from your youth, specifically from the, between the ages of when you were 15 and 35, is particularly good at promoting brain health. Mm. And he mentioned a study that I remembered that stuck with me. Um, that was being un- currently undertaken in Toronto and it indicates that regularly listening to music from your past could ha- actually help prevent the onset of dementia. Now, we're not too far away from 35, but um, I've allowed myself to relish in a bit more nostalgic music um, as, a, as a consequence of um, listening to that. All right. So, so you, um, you intentionally listen yeah. as part of like a, a healthy, you know, yeah. Not yeah, you enjoy the music, but you go, yeah, hey, no, there is there just, is added benefits here. I think I just allowed myself to 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 enjoy it, you know. Whereas normally I'd sort of seek something new out, and I was like, no, nah, you know, what? it's actually okay to to relish this, and it's actually probably good for me um, once in a while as well. And um, you know, rediscovered joys that I'd forgotten how good they were, and new joys opened up me to me because like I hadn't heard something for twenty years and listened mm. to it again, and went, oh man through the a new lens of life experience, this is actually better than I remember it. Yeah, that's cool. I guess the converse side of that argument is, you know, if I was debating this, I would say, well, then your brain can run the same patterns and run the same paths and you just have the same strong connections of one 
way and you, it, you mm. call it a rut like you can be your, your brain is literally in a rut because it travels the same thoughts and pathways and experiences yeah and if you don't experience something new and if you don't experience new patterns and new input then your brain's not going to grow it's kind of going to atrophy down the same mm, or you know you could, paths then, or something okay cool then then if we're going to do the debate thing and i could just say well that's you're what you're doing is actually just strengthening old pathways so that they don't yeah. get old and tired and and i think that's maybe why it maybe helps with dementia and, and, and long-term memory because music stirs up old memories, you know, like music yeah. stirs up a specific time or place or, or thing that you remember or think of. And, and I think that probably helps just to cement some of those old things. And I, I actually quite like it. And I've been enjoying it over the last year, just intentionally going back and listening to some things. And I found that actually some things that I used to listen to, I actually don't like at all anywhere near mm. as much as I used to. And some things I like more. Yeah. Yeah, super interesting. Now, I want to talk about a recent experience you had over the summer uh, in a Please. second uh, that was, I think, I'm firmly itching. rooted in nostalgia. <laughs> oh, 100%. Um, but before we get there, uh, just some research, you know, Spotify commissioned some research because obviously they're selling advertising space and they want to make a point that music and retention and memory and, and mm. you know, the, the power of the message is much stickier with music. And there was a, uh, a study done by some neuroscientists, um, Marissa Silveri, PhD, Director of Neurodevelopmental Laboratory on Addictions and Mental Health. Uh, okay. and, and she said that, um, you know, music has been shown to elicit strong emotions relative to other types of stimuli. So, so visual or olfactory, yeah. you know, smell, yeah. Um, yeah. touch, tactile, like uh -huh. it's music and emotion-based memories, such as those linked with music have been reported to be more deeply ingrained than non-emotion-based memories, emotion-based memories. Wow. So hang music on, has on, this on. significant Repeat impact. Explain to me what that means. Are, are you saying that it music associates itself with, other memories that aren't emotion-based? Is that what you're saying? Um, no, I, th I think what they're saying is that that music, uh, memories that are linked with music yeah. are much stronger than memories linked with or experiences linked with oh, other senses. So I music see. has this way of embedding a memory in a much stronger I way. I understand. Um, you know, it's, it's, it has a significant impact um, on the complexity and the storage well, anecdotally of we just know that like yeah you know yeah, of course of that's course great. yeah like anecdotally we just go like we, you and you know when we played song saga last year we could just go yes. bang 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 and these memories just came bubbling up yeah. even when we hadn't thought about those musical experiences in years yes and, and a whole story came around that yeah well here i've got a story for you just as we signed off for the holidays last year for season three i took myself off to see the pixies Awesome. Yes. I had never seen these guys live before. And having I got into, into them in the late 90s. I mean, they were doing their thing in the, uh, in the late 80s, mm. early 90s, and I got into the, into the late 90s. Um, kind of backtracking, I guess, th through, through grunge and back to the Pixies. And um, their true genius, though, didn't really reveal itself to me till uh, probably only about 10 or 12 years ago. Like I was into them, but kind of casually in passing. And then I had to re-listen to them maybe 2010, 2011, something like that. I was just like, oh my goodness, yeah. these guys are incredible. So I just kind of just bought the tickets. I just didn't even really look into the concert much. I was just kind of like, yeah, just want to see the Pixies. That'd be great. So I tried listening to some of their new albums thinking, you know, that's what they'd be playing because they put out a few new ones in the last few years. Yes. And they were good, but it wasn't 
like super exciting, like some of those early albums, like those yeah, proto, the band those lineups changed a bit, and you know the mm, band's age. Yeah, they, and, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like I mean, I'd make different music these days if I was in a band too. Yes. Um, you know, and it's, it was all proto grunge and interesting before. Yep. It was just exciting stuff. And bef- before the show, I had some dinner with my wife and some the friends we were going with, and um, found out that I was in for a nostalgic treat. Wow. So you didn't, you just, you were going to the see the Pixies. Yeah. And last minute you were like, oh, hang on. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. And the guy was telling me, my mate was telling me, um, what we're actually going to see is the band playing the album Come On Pilgrim from 1987 and the album Surfer Rosa from 1988 with all the songs in order back to back. Wow, Inclu- including the song "Vamos," which actually appears twice on on like so once on "Come on Pilgrim" and once on "Surfer Rosa," so they play the same song twice. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, hang on, hang on. Really? Is, that, is that for real? Yes. I haven't. Yes. I'm not familiar off the cuff of of the exact lineup of those albums. Uh huh. Yeah, I wow. think "Vamos" I think is like second one on "Come on Pilgrim," and I think it's towards the end or like number nine or something like that in "Surfer Rosa," something like that. That is awesome. It's great. Oh, it's great. Okay. And, and they and they acknowledged it and went, yeah, look, we gotta play it twice. So <laughs> it was great. It was so good. And okay. to add to to add to the I'll, I'll, before we, we dive in a little bit, um, to add to the nostalgia, there was actually like a pre-show video, which includes stills from the album art and original movie footage of the objects and the sculptures and the artworks that were photographed wow. for the albums. And there was also a voiceover from the artist who was employed for the album art explaining his artistic intentions and his ideas and the stories that surrounded the creation of the album art. And it was kind of like, in the end, it was kind of like a tribute to him because he died in like 2019 or something like that. Wow. And it was a great show. I have so many questions. That is so interesting. It is. I've never seen an album, I've never seen a concert where they just play an album, let alone two albums, back to back like that, like every song in order. And like, even to the point where they tried to recreate it to, there's like little voice samples in Surfer Rosa and they like yeah. had a piece of A4 paper with it all printed out and they just read out the voice things. Cause it's like conversations that are like placed in between songs. So they read those out too in between songs at the right moment. It was awesome. Okay. So that's, and, and then after they played the two albums, did they play any other songs? They did. They had a little bit of time at the end, and so they played a couple of songs from um, Doolittle, and then they played a couple of new ones as well. Okay. And was it good? Was the whole thing good? It was amazing. Um, It really highlighted to me what makes a live show important, like seeing the way like experimental elements are played on guitar, like seeing it, hearing like the those raw emotional singing outbursts and also I think part of knowing knowing um the order of the songs that are coming like it builds the anticipation you know what's coming and so you're like 
oh my goodness, this song's next. I'm so excited. And, and so it, in a way, it gives a totally different experience. But you'd think, well, what's the difference between just hitting play on the CD yeah. or, or, or on the streaming service or something? Well, it's completely, completely different. You don't feel the bass in your chest, the thump oh, of the yeah. bass drum, the oh, yeah. you know the roar of the crowd, the electricity, yeah. and and I think everyone was feeling as well, like knowing full well what they knew the set list ahead of time. It yes, was, uh, was there a support band, an opening act? There was some um, all female punk band. They were, they were not bad. They were pretty good. Um, okay, but you know I was half listening. Yeah, uh, sorry for whoever you are. Uh, I was actually kind of worried it was going to be like a bit of a Motley Crue Rio 2014 experience because, like, you oh, know, they're yeah. getting on. But no, no, they were absolutely. Frank Black still point. got it. Okay. Yeah, um, and hang on, Black Francis. Yeah, same guy. Uh, is his name Frank Black? Uh, he's had like different monikers over the years. Oh, really? I just yeah. always knew him as Black Francis. Black Francis. Yep. I did not know that. Yep. Um, Interesting. So this yeah. whole experience. I mean, I guess it's driven on nostalgia because people are like, I'm a fan. Well, I remember when I yeah. I have memories and associations tied with that album and now I'm going to hear the album start to finish. So Yeah, well, there was know, a lot of middle-aged Gen X people in the audience. But you know what was cool as well is a lot of them had brought their sons and or daughters to experience oh, wow. the band. Yep. It was kind of nice to like take that, like appeal to the nostalgia of, of the Gen Xs, but then like also pass that on in a way to the next gen coming down. Yeah. Interesting point there because uh, it's possible as I was preparing for this episode to mm. have nostalgia for eras and times you haven't personally experienced. Yeah. So generally I was like, oh, nostalgia for my personal life. Yeah. But yeah. you can have nostalgia for all oh, the swinging sixties, you know, London Beatles. Yeah. War you know, the summer of love, you can have nostalgia oh, yeah. for that era, even though oh, you haven't God. lived would, it, right? I would have loved to have been a, a person in my teens or um, or young youth in, in my 20s during the original punk era in like oh, the yeah. late 70s. Oh, man, yes. that would have been unbelievable. Insane. So you can you can have, and I think back to this, the, the story about cassette tapes coming back, kids, <laughs> yeah. kid, I call kids, anyone younger than me is kids, kids, <laughs> buying cassette tapes <laughs> because they have this nostalgia for all oh, the nineties or the eighties yeah, yeah. era. I, they didn't live through it, but they're like, no. I have a nostalgia for that era because it represents a time feeling, uh, whatever it is, a sense, mm -hmm. uh, music, a style, mm -hmm. aesthetic, whatever it is. Um, well, I guess yeah, it's, it's probably also like they just want to experience what it's like to play those things too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's you like know? when we were kids, probably, you know, tapping a Morse code. My grandfather yeah, worked true. in the post office. We used to have a Morse code tapper at uh -huh. home, which was my grandfather's. And I was like, uh -huh. not that I had nostalgia for Morse code, but you know what I mean. I do, I do. It's like yeah. it's trying to it's trying to experience something of yesteryear, so it's yeah. so that you know what it's like, and so that it's part of your your lived experience. I totally yeah. get that. I mean, as a teacher, I see a bit of a resurgence in grunge at the moment. Yeah, and um, I reckon that's partly, you know, because of parents playing their music and bringing their kids to the Pixies and stuff. Mm. But it's also because of Batman. Uh yeah, yeah, that movie, the Bat, the Batman with yeah, the yeah, that that new one and something like, in the way. Yeah, mm. oh, exactly. And I think, and and so the kids get into Nirvana, and then through that, get into grunge. But then I think the movie studios more and more are trying to appeal to the parents who have all the money to buy the tickets to see emo Batman, and maybe to try and take the edge off. Gen X having to watch emo Batman, but the knock-on effect is that it opens the ears to a younger generation of music lovers. Yeah, 
Like yeah, my absolutely. Daughter, my daughter, for yeah. example, has amazing ear for music, and she heard a cover of "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Or smells like teen spit, as she likes to call it. But, <laughs> like um, that. <laughs> but that was on the that was on the series um, Black Widow, or as she likes to call that, Black Weirdo. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but I played the original to her in the car without thinking, and um, after hearing the song once, she was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, right, I I know that song," and she she liked it better. And um, when she found out that it was actually Nirvana song was actually the original, she was like, "Oh, oh, oh, okay, okay," and now she's open up for the rest of their repertoire yeah yeah nostalgia has a whole different it's it's a whole um vacuum that pulls people mm. in and, mm. and it can be um all captivating and and really joyful you know back mm. on your pixies gig gig mm. you know the fact that you had this this art video beforehand it's it's almost like um a performative exhibition experience yeah and they and they had the album images projected in the background kind of superimposed and collaged and pastiched behind mm. them as each song played and each artwork related to the song they were playing yeah okay yeah so so it's it's not just a musical experience there is something bigger going on and and I think it it is playing on that nostalgia oh, yeah um, I think it's directly, gives an added dimension right uh, yeah, yeah I think it's directly trying to um, leverage nostalgia. Mm. Yeah. Leon, uh, you will be interested to know that yeah. there are other bands that are touring ba- uh, albums from yesteryear of our yeah. era that uh, are playing on this nostalgia. Get this. Okay. okay. In our very own country, there are band uh, from that that you that you love. You actually gave me this on CD for my birthday once. Very back. Oh, in the I know day. what you're talking about. Because I'll tell you, Detroit's very own Electric Six are touring Australia in March 2023 Uh to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Fire, including the smash hits of Danger, Danger, High High Voltage. Voltage. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to take it to a gay bar. Uh, I don't know how that still stands up today, but we'll see. I don't know. Um, The Dance Commander. Oh, Uh, God, I love the Dance Commander giving us the order for fun. Yes, yes. Literally, I have no idea what Electric Six did outside of that album. Uh, they, they are touring 20 they years later. Put out, they put out like an album every single year for like no. 15 years. Yep. They wow. sure did. They've got so many albums. <laughs> and I, yet, I, I dropped off. Due to the power like of nostalgia. Yeah. Okay. Yet, due to the power of nostalgia, they are touring that one album, which was their big yeah. smash hit. It and they're literally huge. marketing it, saying we yes. are playing this album, yes. these songs. Remember, it was great. Come and experience it again. It, it, um, it would be really, really cool in concert. I got to tell you, it would be cool. And I would go because I'm not a fan. A fan probably keeps in touch with the band and, and yeah. actively pursue. It was not a novelty, but anyway. No. I would go purely for nostalgia. I'd be like, Leon, let's go. Let's have fun. Remember yeah. this. Remember the time. It'd Remember be a very danceable concert. And, and it would yeah, be great. everyone would be singing along because like yes. it's, 
It's very singable. It's very danceable. It'll be a great time. Yeah. Uh, my my brother-in-law and sister-in-law went and saw David Gray, who was a prominent English singer-songwriter musician who at the turn of the, the millennium uh, had a big smash hit album called White Ladder. You may or may not know. No, um, no idea. Yeah, Babylon was the big hit, um, Sail Away, This Year's Love. It was very adult contemporary. It was like um, Alex Lloyd's You Are Amazing, that kind of singer songwriter okay. uh-huh. style uh, yep. it's 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 good stuff i was not a, not a, not a big fan but i know the the songs that were ubiquitous but he he toured recently 20th anniversary just that album and then the last thing i thought you would appreciate this mm. that if you were nostalgic for the 80s yeah. you could literally go on a cruise called the 80s cruise oh my goodness right? it departs from uh, from uh, los angeles on march yep. the 3rd this yep. year Yep. Royal Caribbean will take you uh, to, I don't know, Spain, the Caribbean. But get this. There are 50 concerts. There are live performances. It's hosted 50? by a – Yep. It's, it's, it goes for uh, a week. It's hosted by original MTV VJs. I'll tell you their names, but I don't know who they are. So US, <laughs> yeah. 80s US MTV hosts. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Artists performing are Brett Michaels from Poison, <laughs> Living Colour, Kim Wilde, Tone Loke. Wow. Wow. Uh, you also have The Church, the Australian band The Church, and uh-huh. Devo. Devo what? are playing. So you Get can go. Out of town. And, yeah, the marketing um, rhetoric even says, like, pack your spandex and pack your, you know, your 80s gear and it's just going to be a full so nostalgic trip. Do you reckon this is nostalgia that is that is used as directly as a marketing tool? Not necessarily, like, for – like, when we went to see The Pixies, that had – um, I guess a conceptual strength to it, and it didn't feel like it was um, nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia. Yeah, Do you think this is more that where it's just like, what's what's going to make us money? Um, we're a bunch of musicians who can't make any money off our own bat. Like, let's just yeah. leverage this nostalgia to to cash in a bit. Is that what you think that is? Oh, I I think so. I think there's a big part of that. I mean, hey, if it's your thing. It, you might love it. You might absolutely mm. love it. But, yeah, it, mm. it reeks a bit of a market, marketing novelty, you know. I think so. I don't know. It's. I mean, I'm a big Devo fan. And that's the thing. That's the danger about nostalgia is that is that it, it can be it can be really cheap. Yes. And it can cheapen if not handled correctly. Mm. Oh, this is an interesting thing. Mm. It could cheapen a precious memory, you know. <sighs> Oh yeah. Like imagine you know? imagine going and seeing like a life-changing band that was that that you have this really strong and important memory for. Mm. And then seeing them later and being given the Motley Crew treatment and it just Ooh. being awful and and just going, "Oh, let me give you an example." Exactly. Really bad. Exactly pertinent to that. Okay. So an album that I am madly nostalgic for and also a big fan of mm. is It's a Shame About Ray by the Lemonheads. Yeah. Evan Dandos, oh, yeah. great power pop, indie pop, you know, uh-huh. band. Uh, big fan, was in love with Evan Dando, had his poster on my wall, um, loved the Lemonheads. And oh, cool. He, he was touring and I bought, I bought the um, – oh, So 30th- not the Lemonheads, just – Evan Dando. No. Well, it, Lemonheads had a rotating bass okay. drum. Oh, you know, Lemonheads okay. is Evan Dando. Okay. Gotcha. He, so um, he he got some some musos together and was touring the 30th anniversary of that album. 
Uh, and I bought the album. Uh, I've got a great anniversary hard book, vinyl, all of that, which was mm. awesome, which I bought purely nostalgic because it makes me happy. Mm. But yeah, yeah, he yeah. was touring. Now, now, I've always been wary because the media and reports were saying that Evan, he is reported to allegedly love drugs and right. has a lot of issues performing in a, yeah. you know, a really powerful way. Often the performances fall apart. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. The performances yeah. fall apart. And I'd heard and I read afterwards, I, I didn't go and see the Lemonheads because I was just wary that if I went, and the performance fell apart. I didn't want there to be any taint to that precious memory mm. of of nostalgia. And Had you being... read some reviews which yes. didn't paint it in a great light and went, oh, that's a shame. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I shame about stayed... Evan. It's a not shame, a shame about... about Dan. Not a shame about Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh man. That's, so I... Yeah. See, I, I would. I'd be worried about that. You know. Um, yeah, but worried. I guess if you were stuck, if you're stuck and you're living in, and like, cause I don't worship at the altar of the Lemonheads and the nineties. Like yeah, I yeah. like to go there. Um, yeah, but, but it's tainted, there, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could. But then, you, then you've got to be um, detached from that and accept it and go, okay, this is Lemonheads now. It's not Lemonheads then, but there's that element to it as well, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. What yeah, makes I'll, you nostalgic, Leon? Well, I, I, I bought, um, the uh, the re-release of OK Computer by Radiohead. Oh, nice! Even though, and I bought it on on um, CD. Even though I actually already owned it on CD. Oh, okay. Because well, there's extra tracks and there was oh, other yeah. things to it, plus a new yeah. cover. And I was like, yeah, oh like I'm, I mean, I'm super, super, super into Radiohead. But if you're if I'm talking pure, pure, pure nostalgia, Primus. Mm. Primus oh, makes me very, very nostalgic. And I've got another yeah. little thing that they actually did. They oh, yeah. actually played a series of concerts, which was nostalgic for them. And maybe nostalgic for some fans, but mostly nostalgic True. for Primus itself. They played Rush. Yep. And they actually played the 1977, 1977 album Farewell to Kings in its entirety. And it's pure nostalgia. Basically, just for Les Claypool, oh, the bassist and singer, as he said in an interview, that that's the first Rush album that he ever heard. Wow! And also, this I guess the singer of Rush, Geddy Lee, is also the bassist and singer, and so Claypool must have felt and a bit of an affinity with him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And when you hear Rush, like I got into Rush a little bit through Primus, you can Same. really hear um, Rush in Primus. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, they start one of the songs with a false starting of a of a Rush cover. Exactly. And um, the, the yeah. songs YYZ by Rush. Yes. And um, Suck On This, uh, John the Fisherman starts with that, and then To Divide the Laws of Tradition in Frizzle Fry, same way. Leon, <laughs> pass. Correct. 100%. You, you, yeah. Off the top I, of your head. I am well a bit played. Of, I'm a bit of a – like yeah. if, if – um, it was the first band I truly got obsessed over and I've got yeah, a pretty too. thorough understanding of Primus, but I think, imagine, imagine how encyclopedic my knowledge about Primus would be if the internet was big enough or searchable enough in the nineties, or yeah. if I had a computer at home, which I didn't, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I <would've... laughs> yeah. but yep. yeah, it was, it was apparently Getty Lee saw, they saw Primus play one of those shows and he said they were actually amazing. And he said it was very weird and very wonderful to hear someone else play the whole album. What a concept. 
Yeah. A, yeah. Playing a someone else's music. professional band tours not their own album but goes, you know what? I love that album. Let's just tour that album. Yeah. <laughs> for shits and giggles. Yeah. Apparently, apparently Primus supported Rush a couple of times as well. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I, I don't know a lot about Rush other than what I've learned through being a Primus fan. Yeah, um, me, me, me too. Yeah, same way that 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 Nirvana led me to the Pixies. You know, Primus mm. led me led me to. Rush. Yeah, I really only got into the album "Moving Pictures" um, by Rush through Primus. Um, the, the rest of their albums didn't grab me too much. Yeah, no, not heaps. Yeah, wow. There are albums that that make me nostalgic, but there is a band that I don't love or obsess over. But when I listen to them. It, it seems to have a purely nostalgic effect on me, and that's Pearl Jam. Oh yeah, you know I don't it think it catches obsessed... the '90s so well. That band it does, and, and maybe it's because I didn't obsess over the albums, but I put them on and played them, and it didn't. I can't link them to a time and place or a specific memory, mm. but but when I hear them, rather than think of a specific nostalgic memory, I have a speci- I have a broad nostalgic era. So it's like oh. The 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 year the, my teenage years yes. and my university years yeah could could you get, all be Pearl Jam for you in get some that weird kind way. of you get that kind of feeling of, of of what it was like to be alive at that point or what it was like is that what you mean like you sort of yeah. a, a whole general feeling comes back to you yes so yeah. when I hear Pearl Jam now I'm not, I'm not like ah. Oh, the current state of rock and roll, like Pearl Jam is now. And I wonder yeah. what they're doing now. And are yeah. they touring? What's their latest album? Like, no, I, I, you know, it, I listen to even flow and I'm like, Oh, the nineties. And when I was at uni and hanging yeah. out at school and yeah. I can't even think of specific times. It just seems to be an, a general sprinkling of time. Yeah. To- I totally, nice. I totally nice. know what you mean. Raging is the machine does that for me. Okay. Yeah, cool. Like, but you I mean, were there's, upset. There's, you love that band. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Rage Against the Machine's first album, their self-titled one, was that was that was actually the first album I ever bought. Yeah, and cool. and particularly that album, it just brings just buckets of joy every single listen. And just you know, Adrian, counting on you, if I ever get dementia, that's the one to bring me out of it for a little while because that one there, yes. like I can <laughs> sing every lick yeah. from it and. And yeah, it's like it's quite a like Raging Against Machine has kind of timeless themes, I suppose. Mm. But that's not kind of like the the themes that come from the songs and the and lyrics are not what I tend to get out of it anymore because you know I've listened to it so 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 many times. Mm. It's that same sort of thing, that feeling of an era and that feeling of a certain period of time in my life, and mm. same as you get with Pearl Jam. Yeah. Uh, a couple of nostalgic things for me. One, you and I had a wonderful jaunt on the weekend, just gone uh, oh, back in my university town so where good. I used to live. And yeah, that's very look, nostalgic. Yeah, very yep, on topic. Yep. And and listeners, if you are ever if you ever find yourself in Newcastle, New South Wales, Australia, and you walk up Watt Street from Newcastle train station, <laughs> you will find an alleyway somewhere on your right-hand side that you will take you, it's a skinny alleyway that will take you behind a row of terrace houses. And if you go far enough, you'll end up dipping into the back underneath underground of a certain pub there. And that is how we used to sneak one Leon LaRoe into the pub when he was not yet 18. It didn't last too long in there because unfortunately no, the bounces so asked him for ID. But, and, and, and on 
the weekend, we found that same alleyway and oh, walked man. down there. And even though we didn't need to sneak in because we are middle aged exactly men, the same. it was great. Like looked, I that just, underground section looked exactly yep. the same. It was unreal. Yep. Unreal. Yep. It brought a smile to my face. Um, UMI's album Hi-Fi Way brings a smile to my face nostalgically. Um, and I par- I live in the area that a lot of the geographical references are made in that yeah. album, like the yeah. Glebe Point Bridge. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I had a scratch on you could each underneath the Glebe Point Bridge. I, 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 I'm, I'm in that area. It brings me fe- feelings of nostalgia and sentimentality. It's beautiful. You know, it, it's great. Um, two more things. One, um, the Sounders Ever Facebook group is a wonderful source of Australian mm. indies, 90s nostalgia. Yep. Um, and, and the last thing I wanted to do was I had a wonderful uh, last project in my previous career employment at a major record label where I got to curate a double LP, a CD with the Sounders Ever Facebook group, had a, a part to play where we put together an incredible listing of 90s Australian indie tracks. The album is called Blind Love. A little shout out. If you go and have a look, I do get a little shout out in the liner notes, but go and have a look at that. That is like incredible 90s. And there are, there are, I got to get tracks on vinyl that aren't on vinyl. Some of the Cruel Sea. Oh, really? Um, like um, Titanic Days by Sidewinder. You know, I, I love those tracks. Um, it's got oh, some awesome. awesome. It's got and, and they haven't, got they've never released it on vinyl? No, no. Um, because you know, because they came out when CDs were a thing and vinyl yep. really wasn't and they never released yep. it and then never got back to it? Yep. I wouldn't go into the politics of various label rec- vinyl releases, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it That's was awesome. fun and that was a really fun trip down, um, uh, you know, Memory the nostalgia. Line. Yeah. Jane Gazzo was involved who obviously was a host on Recovery. And, cool, um, man. Her and a guy called Scott. A curator's recovery by group. itself is a, is a nostalgia thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So, you know, and nostalgia as we kind of draw this to a close. Well, I, um, can, I, can I mention two more? Please jump in. Mr. Bungles, California is Ugh. an album that from the very first song right to the very last song takes me on a perfect journey that it, it almost it replicates itself every time. It's not like. I have a revelationary experience because I've listened to it, I reckon, thousands of times. But mm. every time I just go, oh, God, it's just so perfect from start to finish. And I think that was definitely cemented from having seen them live for in concert for the tour of that album. Wow. And, yep. yeah, that every time like I'm like, listen to Pink Cigarette, for example, I imagine – um, you know, Mike Patton getting asking for cigarettes and, and smoking the cigarette as he's as he's singing it and all that sort of stuff. And it, it's just great. And Arnima from Tool also triggers oh. something amazing in my brain, particularly the song 46 and 2. That song is bubbling nostalgia for me that excite it continues to excite me, maybe, maybe more than most other songs. It's definitely my top five songs in terms of what it does to my brain. It's great. Yeah. As soon as you said Arnima, I had mm. a visual, a vivid visual picture in my brain of, of the, the share house that I no, oh. the share house I had in Newcastle, and I can picture a, 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 the room and the stereo and the music oh. and the I can just I'm right there. It takes it gets me right there. Yeah, insane. Love it. 
Yeah, nostalgia is great, man. I, I love yeah. nostalgia. Yeah, it, it will not great. go away. It, it is marketing one hundred and one to for to re-release, you know, anniversaries and deluxe editions mm. to revisit stuff to mm -hmm. extrapolate to expand so that. That is the the celebratory aspect of nostalgia, yes. which is wonderful. I think where it's um a gimmick, and again, fans can smell authentic uh, yeah. inauthenticity. Yeah, you know, yeah, totally. the old bullshit detector yeah. mile away. That that can reek. Um, and, the, and the last thing I wanted to say about nostalgia is that it is a wonderful place to visit, but not somewhere you want to live full time. Oh, that is a wonderful way to round out that thought, Adrian. Well done. That's beautiful. There you go. Fact of the week, shall I hit you? Oh, fact of the week, please hit me. I stumbled across a wonderful episode, a vignette from the TV series Mad Men, where Don yeah. Draper, the protagonist, yeah, is yeah, pitching yeah. to Kodak a uh, marketing campaign for their new slide projector that has a wheel on top. And yes. he talks about the new feature is, you know, that's an itch that, consumers might want to scratch but he says the deeper bond of the product is nostalgia he says it's delicate it's potent and he goes on to describe this beautiful iteration of nostalgia he says greek in greek nostalgia literally means the pain from an old wound he says it's oh, a twinge wow. in your heart far more powerful than memory alone and he starts oh. talking about this kodak wheel slide projector and he says, and he's clicking through photos. He says, this device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. It goes backwards. It goes forwards. It takes us to a place where we ache to go again. And then he, he hits them with the piece de resistance. He says, this is not called the wheel. This is called the carousel. <laughs> oh, that is, man, that is beautiful scripting. Mic drop, nostalgia bomb marketing yeah. Yeah. 101 yeah. and then wow. his colleague says to the kodak execs good luck with your next meeting <laughs> yeah it was delicious oh, that, that was beautiful. uh that was a beautiful fact story of the week it. look fans fans listeners fans listeners, friends 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 remember to hit us up uh on the socials tell us what you thought about uh this episode what makes you nostalgic uh, let us know. You can send us an email at supersonicchat at gmail.com. You can hit us up on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And a big thank you to all of you who've been following our podcast musings from the very beginning. And welcome to the new listeners. And as always, help us to reach an even wider audience by telling a friend about our show. See what they think about nostalgic appeal in music. And you can also leave a delicious five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify which helps to get the supersonic chat out to the world. Thank you, friends. That was the sonicest of episodes. Another <laughs> one from Supersonic Chat. Supersonic Chat.